Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yeah, I'm sitting here with uh, Johnny Galvin, and uh, I decided to push the record button because you never know what's going to happen around here. So, yeah, you were talking to me about... You were trying to post something on Godlike Productions Forum. Yeah. Do you know that we've been talking about Godlike Productions Forum in our last the, the podcast that before the one that you and I did? No, I, I didn't listen to that one. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think you had. Yeah, what happened? Okay. And this relates to what you're saying somewhat. Um we have a saying around here that the cloud behind the moon answers all things. And uh kind of have to hear me try to apply that to uh, a lot of different categorical truths, things that you can um, draw out of that. But what was happening is that David Colham, he's like the biggest fan of our podcast. He's over in England. He was trying to post... Um, I think he was just posting a link to our... Yeah, he was just posting a link to our podcast. And, and we have a history of, of trying to do this with uh, Godlike Productions. And I told him what I expected to happen, but I didn't want to lay it on too heavy because I didn't want to discourage him because I, you know, I figured he'd go, well, maybe I'm not even going to try, you know. <clears throat> Let me give you some background first. So Connie and I, um, we cannot post on there. And uh, we get an immediate ban. And um, her sister, Rachel, actually has an account there. And uh, what they'll do, they'll ban you, and then they'll let you back back on later. But you can't post anything, and you can't you can't create an account either. You know what I mean? Wow. So one time we tried to um, – no, they know who we are. Now, we've talked about this on that podcast. <clears throat> I think it was the second to last one. And uh, so one time we said, well, let's try to post something uh, – you know, using Rachel, because she has an account there. And just to show you that, they're, I mean, they're monitoring everything. I mean, the phones, computers, everything. Um, as soon as Rachel tried to post something and she wasn't able to do it, they attacked her computer and screwed it all up. You know what I mean? That and, sounds unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I mean, they it's like instant. I mean, they're watching you all the time. I mean, it's like you can't see anything in there. It, it was crazy. I... I, I logged in and I, with the intent, you know, it was just like a full-blown, I'm going to post this right now. As soon as I logged in, I couldn't, I, as soon as I pressed uh, create a, you know, create a thread, it was done. I haven't okay, been This back. is real important, real important, because I don't know anything, okay? Now, have you, have you posted very much on Godlike Productions before? Oh, yeah. Okay, now here's the big question. Have you ever had this problem before? No, of course not. That's why um, I went to, you know, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's, you know, is it, is it really that crazy to think it's really just 
because of me that I can't come here? Well, I know what it is. I'm going to tell you. Now, here's the thing, see. We already have a track record of talking about this on the podcast. Now, what, what am I talking about specifically? What I'm talking about is that we actually say in the podcast that when people start to get around us, all this crazy stuff happens to them. Now, I'm not interpreting it for them. You know what I mean? They're telling us these things. Uh, it can be um, any number of things. Like for Chris McCombs, he said that he started to see these weird orbs uh, kind of like follow him around. Mm. Uh, Hector, Hector, Hector had these manufactured clouds <laughs> that were falling around. Now, you know what You know what we do? We what? make a podcast out of it. Just like we're doing <laughs> now. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we talk about this for like, you know, 15 minutes, fine. You know, we can still put it up there. But yeah, we always talk about it. <clears throat> and uh, they've done um, a whole lot of crazy stuff. And now, now when they do it, they're doing it knowing that we're going to get on there and talk about it. They know we're going to do that, but they do it anyway. I mean, they don't—they don't really have a choice. They do not want us on that site. And uh, so, anyway, um, so David Colham is just going to post. Um, I kind of gave him the title. It was like, you know, this is check out this heavy, you know, Christian conspiracy podcast. And so he tried to post it on there. Now he thought that it was going to work, and you know, he was real optimistic. They shut him down right away. He could not, and he couldn't believe it. Like, I can't believe this, you know, can't believe this. This, You know, and guess what happened after that? Well, what actually happened is Chris McCombs and I got on, uh, we got on talk show and we did a podcast. And it was maybe like the third last one we did. <clears throat> and while we, while we were talking, Godlike Productions and Above Top Secret went down. Okay. Now here's what's interesting. Now we we mentioned all this on a, on a on that second to last podcast, okay? Um, the other thing that happened is that David Cullham tried to do the same with Above Top Secret Forum, which is the biggest you know conspiracy forum. Most people say, you know, in other words, they're saying that it's bigger than Garlic Productions, you know. And uh, all kinds of crazy stuff happened there, but he was able to post it. But guess what happened? The site mm-hmm. disappeared. Both Godlike Productions and Above Top Secret went down. Now, you can interpret this however you want. People say, oh, you're saying this has to do with you. I'm just repeating what happened. And we're, we're actually supposed to still get on and talk about this in more detail because I'm trying to get Chris on there with David because they both witnessed it. I want, I want everybody on there that witnessed it, um, not just one of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we got done with that podcast, um, me and Chris McCombs, he he tried to get uh, on Above Top Secret to look at that thread, and the whole freaking site was down. And then what happened is the admins of both forums actually posted threads claiming that the Chinese hacked the site. This is all what happened. Really? Yeah. Now... Look what's happening to you now. What hap- now? Are you claiming that Godlike Productions? You tried to post something on there. You're claiming that the site is down because I haven't looked. Yeah, I checked LOP. Um, so there was a thread on LOP saying that it was con- like the site's been down. It's connected to uh, Obama going golfing with some uh, Malaysian prime minister in Hawaii. Uh, 
how that's related to this missing plane and uh, Chinese something about the Chinese bases. They don't they don't want any bases. Uh, actually, I, I did see like that. So, but uh, I'm wondering what the timestamp is for the site going down. I wonder if it went down before or after you did that. You know, okay, the site's it's, site's there right now. But I've been trying to post this thread since Saturday, so um, uh, you're lucky that you have an account there. You and um, I hate to tell you this, but um, you may not be able to post there anymore. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I know, I'm, I'm ex- I know that's hard to believe. We'll see. Well, no, it's, it, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, uh, when it, when it initially happened, I was just like, all right, I know this is on purpose. This has to be done on purpose. Well, there's a to, way to prove it. There's a way to prove it. What you can do is take somebody you know, and you can make a choice. You can either fill them in. I kind of, I, I, and I actually told David this. I, I, I said, you know, I kind of kept you in the dark. Because I wanted him to do it, because I figured if I actually told told him, you know, the whole story, because I wanted him, I wanted him to try to post it. That he might go, I'm, I'm not going to try because I don't think it's going to work. Okay. Well, I'm talking about ethics here. You can um, either choose to or not choose to uh, take a, a third party and, you know, kind of fill them in a little bit about, well, you know, all this crazy stuff goes on when we try to post this kind of stuff, or you can just keep them in the dark. But it's it's an experiment that you use with another person, and you try to get them to post a link to our podcast because they this other party has no association with us, so they should be able to post, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm not saying to actually do this. I'm saying if you wanted to, you could prove to yourself that it has to do with us because I guarantee you 100% that link will not go up. But you can post all kinds of cra- other crazy stuff, but you cannot post any link to us. Now, some of this stuff has to do with the cloud behind the moon, and uh, that's what he actually started talking about on that thread. They deviated right, uh, right away uh, from the subject of our podcast to actually the cloud behind the moon. And he was just interacting with the people. <clears throat> and he actually posted it in probably the safest place to do it. It's, it's a... They have like all these forums within forums. You know, it's called Skunk Works, and this is basically stuff that's supposed to be a bunch of garbage. Probably, you know, it could possibly be true, but because uh, we were, what we wanted to do is just just try to get something up there. And I actually did not think that the that they would accept it. I was surprised. You know what I mean? But I think the reason they did it because we put it in Skunk Works. They had another one called the gray area, you know. Uh, I would like to see if it would have stuck there. But I was convinced that if you put it in the other subcategories, there's no way that they were, you know, because that that's a controlled site. I mean, you know, maybe you don't believe that, but I'm just telling you flat out. And there's a lot of information. I'm not talking about Godlike Productions. I'm talking about Above Top Secret, <clears throat> you know. I mean, they got They don't even care. Now, it's interesting, you know, the synchronicity of talking about this, because just last night on Coast to Coast AM, I'm not certain, but I thought they had two different guys from Above Top of Secret Forum. Uh, it was Sunday night, so yeah, George Norrie wasn't interviewing the guy. I was listening to it. 
I thought they had, I can look it up right now, but I thought they had two guys on there. Isn't that something? Every once in a while, yeah, they they have uh, the guys that, I don't know, they're involved with running that or something. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's uh, it's a controlled site, and they, you know, they're a little subtle about it, but, um, well, not too subtle because they'll just, you know, they'll just shut it down if they don't like it. And you can tell, you know, because they got a track record over the years. You can, um, if you investigate, you can see they don't like the heavy stuff, the sensitive stuff. So, anyway. So you were asking about Patrick Flanagan. Yeah, and <clears throat> Neurophones actually wasn't a threat. I was wondering if it had anything to do with that, too, because that's never been discussed on GLP before. Or if it has, I've never seen it, and I can't search for it. Um, Repeat that again. What hasn't, what's... What are you talking about now? I'm talking about, about Neurophones. Um, oh, I had that in, Neurophones? I had that in it's not on Godlike Productions? Well, what I'm saying is that I've never seen it discussed on Godlike Productions. Oh, okay. It was in my thread title, and at the moment I can't search to even see if it was ever discussed. So. Okay. I was wondering if that also had something to do with me not being able to post it, because on GLP I've seen the... Because uh, the whole thread had to do with the seven... Um, the seven churches of Asia relating to the seven chakras. And so that's been on GLP before. I know I've read that on GLP. But everything else after that, that Patrick was talking about, I'd never heard before. So I wanted to post that on GLP. And that's what I'm not being allowed to post, and now I'm, I can't even get there. So. Okay, I put Neurophone on... Uh, I, I love their search on Godlike Productions. And they have one post on there from... Uh, it says ten eight fourteen. Neurophone, now as valuable as gold, it says. Hmm. If anyone bought a Neurophone about a decade ago, they know they were only about $300, and there was even a mini-sized one for less. Since now the Neurophone goes for almost two grand, oh, for an old model, and a grand for a new model. If you still have one laying around and need some extra cash, now would be the time to sell. Anyway, when you start asking about a Neurophone, what I did is I started doing Google searches about this big controversy. See, there's all kinds of stuff virtually in the background about just about virtually anything. I'm a full-time researcher, so I run into this stuff. And most people, they don't they don't really get that far, except like they'll see some of it on occasion. But it's like anything. Here's the thing: anything that is like a well, anything that's important to us or them. There's intrigue going on behind the background because they're trying to see we're we got all this um, information-based society, you see, and so it's this kind of. Um, I mean, I was just reminding myself today because there was a discussion about this. Where was this? I only oh, it was on a podcast. See, the printing press it, that was from God, and it was one of the greatest inventions in world history. You could make the case that it was the greatest invention. See, people have a problem looking at the computer as the same way. See, I believe the computer is from God. And the Illuminati don't have a choice. Now, it's very important to understand that the computer is a gift from God. you gotta, you, you got to be able to go with that, okay? Because then you can build off of that and surmise certain other things. Now, if that's true... 
Because, see, the Illuminati are forced to do certain things. This is what Christians are not very good at. There's um, instructions that flow down from hierarchy, and they come from the Father. And they actually flow down the lower level of Illuminati, and they carry them out. Now, the reason you don't hear this kind of thing is discussed in Christianity, because most Christians, we're talking about a local church level, they don't even believe in Illuminati. And sometimes you have to remind yourself that, because you're used to being around Internet-type Christians. Uh-huh. Well, they don't even believe in Illuminati, so obviously they don't believe in this kind of thing, you know. And then you look at the internet, the internet Christian types, and their beliefs are not very well thought out. And like we've said before, they're basically what I call soft conspiracists, and they're just kind of regurgitating and copying and pasting. There's not a lot of fresh ideas. It gets kind of boring, you know, and. Well, I'll just be blunt, I haven't seen anybody get this far. Because, see, the Father, here's the thing. The Father says no sometimes. No, you're not going to do that, okay? Now, he may send uh, the message, no, or he may send angels, or he, uh, he'll he normally use angels to just stifle them. There doesn't have to be a message. I'm just trying to say that sometimes he sends communication. To whoever's ruling the earth under him, you know, like the the regent, because I mean, a lot of people believe that the devil is an earthly regent, if you believe that kind of thing. What I'm saying is at least there's a dialogue going on between, uh, let's just say God and Satan, okay? Now, it's important to understand, you can't use the Bible to disprove that. The first thing you want to notice is, notice how Christians don't talk about that. Second thing you notice is it is in the Bible. You see that in the book of Job, right? <clears throat> so now it's not an absolute position that, well, God would never do that, and God doesn't talk to the devil. Now it's a question of, hmm, so God did do that. How often does that go on? We we don't know. The Bible only gives us little peeks behind the scenes, like like divine council scenes, like in First Kings, I think it's Second Kings 22. Well, there's an evil spirit that appears in a divine council scene. And uh, it's basically told by God to go do an evil deed and that this evil spirit will succeed, you know? But see, it just gives us little glimpses here and there. And because it doesn't say a whole lot, people don't really think that that's how things operate. But the Bible can't tell us, you know, but well, here's what actually happened behind the scenes here, and here's what happened behind the scenes there. Because if it did that, you'd be going to church with wheelbarrows of books called the Bible. You know, it's all condensed, you see. But the main thing to understand is that you can't use the Bible to prove this is not going on. So I believe that there's a dialogue going on, and I believe that God says, no, you, you can't you can't do that kind of thing, you know what I mean? So that explains um, a number of things down here. And it's kind of a mystery how they kind of play out, you know, <clears throat> behind the scenes. So, so anyway, um, the Nero phone. See, there's intrigue about all this stuff. Um, why do we have a Nero phone? You know, why do we have Tesla technology? Um, I believe the Illuminati is behind that, 
they want to keep it away from Christians. They want to compartmentalize it. But we've talked about here before, Connie and I have, that that even Tesla, who we you know approve of, uh, that even he was Illuminati bloodline. Uh, whether he had knowledge or not, um, I don't know. It's not really that important. But they used people in the bloodline, and they used him because he was a genuine genius. I mean, he had the genius potential. And so he was selected basically to dribble down <clears throat> information to what would later become like the military-industrial complex. They just they used him as a vessel. There's a lot of evidence for this. Like We don't know if any of these things actually happened. Because we, we weren't there. And they're always going to create stories about these people. That's what you have to be aware of. There's always going to be stories. Okay, so how, how do we know that they're true? Well, well, we actually don't know because we weren't there. And so well, anyway, because they like to tell lots of stories, way more stories than people think, way more stories than conspiracy theorists think. Because, see, if you've been at this as long as I have, when you investigate these stories, uh, well, if you have a sufficiently skeptical mindset, you, at the very least you realize, you know, I, I can't actually prove this. I have no way to know if this actually happened, you know. Like, here's what really happened at Roswell. You know, you know what I think happened at Roswell? I don't know. And nobody knows. It's impossible for anybody in the public sector to actually know, unless somebody was there and they saw it, you know. And... One thing we do know is that um, they've tried to make that uh, event artificially important. And I yeah, think that's definitely. There's no reason why Roswell should be so important. It could be well, any number of things. Uh, one thing that's true is that uh, in order for propaganda to be effective, it has to be simple. So they, they select events and they promote them over and over again. And they, they, they simplify it and they tell you the same thing pretty much with a few variations on a theme, and that's, that's what we call propaganda, you know. And uh, that, that's what you got with Roswell there. And it, actually, pretty much everything is like that. So you can actually look for those patterns, and you'll see them. It's never, like, very complex. Now, if there is complexity, it's because there's deliberate confusion. That's kind of like a little different subject, you know. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. One of the ways that you can prove that we live in a system of control, I, I absolutely prove it, is to look at how many um, you know, like alternative fuel engines or alternative fuels have gotten through the patent office. See that? Uh, last time I checked, nothing. So, so what does that tell you? Now, the other thing is they, they, they actually have a, uh, a string of people who've been murdered. These are people, kind of like the naive people that uh, contact the weathermen to let them know that there's something called chemtrails. The weathermen already know, because they've been contacted by other people doing the same thing. But these people, they don't know that, you know. And so they don't know how the system works. And so they get out there. I mean, they're just an inventor. And they start pounding the table and if you're fortunate, the Illuminati will send somebody to you to kind of tap you on the shoulder maybe one time if you're lucky. And it's not uncommon. But if you don't have a conspiratorial mind view, you may not be able to process that. 
if you're fortunate, you'll have a quote-unquote like Man in Black show up at your door and give you a little introduction to how the world really works, because this supposedly has actually happened I mean, a number of times. You know. And uh, <clears throat> it's one of the classic Men in Black stories. And, uh, and then you go, oh, okay. Now, I remember one story where they show some kind of device in the palm of their hand. And these are like older stories back going back to the 1950s, like classic UFO type stuff. And they say, you know, we can instantly shut down your heart with this device in one second. Would you like to um, proceed? You know, that kind of thing, you know. Uh, I don't think so. You know what I mean? But see, you're fortunate if they do that. Because some of these people, they don't get it. They don't understand because they don't understand how the system works. So what, what do they do? They kill them. Now, the neat thing is is that um, the best way to prove there's actually uh, not just a conspiracy theory is when we actually have provable statistics that something's going on, you know, like redundant mathematical patterns. Well, we got a string of deaths. You know, people actually died. You've got to question everything. You know, is that is that real? Yeah, it's real. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So here's the question. So why is the neurophone getting through the patent office? Because um, there's different reports that Patrick Flanagan, um, who we've mentioned before on previous podcasts, he's kind of like what you call like a child protege. Mm-hmm. Um, how was he able to get this device through the patent office? Okay, now, well, well he did. Now, the only way you can get it through is if they allow it, because it's all controlled, you see. And so now there's another level. You ask yourself this question. Uh, this is a wonderful device. It's a type of mind machine that will absolutely increase you know, natural intelligence. Now, again, you know, I've used this machine. Um, Eric has one. He let me borrow it. And one of the uh, things, abilities it has is to actually uh, induce telepathy. And I had, like, overwhelming evidence one time that that was working. You know what I mean? Really? I experienced it. Oh, yeah. We were actually in a store, and I read his mind somehow, and we were just, like, blown away. I was just going, whoa. <laughs> and then we realized, oh, it's because of that machine. I'm using the neurophone. He's going, whoa. <laughs> you know. Okay, so. You were in a store, so you heard his mind, but you were around everybody else who's, you, who you could potentially pick up to hear. I can't remember the exact details, but I just read his mind. We were walking around in the store. We weren't on the phone or anything, you know. And so anyway, um, one of the ways you can prove that the government, there's many ways to prove the government is evil, because you always have this dilemma, is the government, because you're looking at the way they, stu- they do things. Is the government uh, stupid or the evil? It's either one or the other. So you've got to figure out, are they stupid or the evil? Okay, let's take the neurophone, okay? Now, the neurophone could be in every single school, potentially at least, uh, in America. You know what I mean? In fact, we could have mind machines. We could have an amazing amount of technology in schools to uh, improve learning. Well, first, I mean, everything is done the wrong way right, right down the line. That's, see, right there, that is statistically improbable. But you see, you have to have knowledge to know that it's always being done the wrong way. I mean, right down the line, there are better ways, I mean, easily known methods um, for doing everything. 
We're talking about learning. So why is everything always wrong? Well, see, it's always that way. In fact, um, this is one of the things we're going to come up um, on the first time on this podcast, okay? So what I want people to do is stop thinking about searching for, or stop focusing on, searching for things <coughs> that are wrong, okay? Because everything's wrong. I know that's hard to believe. Now, a way to illustrate that <clears throat> is try to find something in our society. I'm not I'm talking about something significant, not some little tiny thing. Okay, something that's significant that is done the right way. You know what I mean? Efficiently. This is a real eye opener because I'm telling you, as far as I know, there's nothing. This is one of the methods. Um, to kind of expose that we live in a society of control. But the main thing is, notice that people don't think about this. So a lot of times it's it's even more important to realize nobody's talking about this. Now, <clears throat> I don't recall anyone saying this before. Well, it's the first time that I've heard anybody say it myself. You know, Show me something that's done the right way. Because I'm, cl- I'm making a claim that everything is done the wrong way on purpose. And you don't have to be very intelligent to figure out a better way. That's the thing, you see. So it's not it's not based on, you know, because, uh, you know, you'll get a drunk on a bar stool and you'll say, they're corrupt and they're stupid if I was in politics, you know. <clears throat> well, if you were in politics, you could probably do a better job when you're drunk. It's not that hard, you know. It's obvious that we can do things to help the people, make things more efficient, and get it done the right way. But see, this is a variation of the big lie, okay? Now, the big lie can be a single lie, or it can be a lot of lies. It's still the big lie principle. In other words, it's the way things work, and it's just, I just can't believe that that's, the world is really that way, you see? And so, therefore, people don't believe it. See, what I'm talking about right now, what am I saying? I'm saying that everything's done the wrong way. Now stop and think about that. How many people can believe that kind of thing? Very few people. You know what I mean? Now, here's the thing. Even if that isn't true, um, it's not that hard to figure out. It's almost true. Now, it's that's that's a real burden to try to prove that because you're talking about everything. So see, that's what I'm trying to say. Reverse it and try to come up with something that um, that's significant, that's done the right way. Now, if someone was actually going to do that, you know there's going to be somebody out there that's going to come up with something, but they don't understand how it works. I mean, they're just they're just wrong, in my opinion. Now, it's possible that I could be wrong, <clears throat> and they could actually come up with something. Um, you know, the word significant, and that's kind of subjective. You know what I mean? What do you mean it's significant? Well, I haven't really defined it. So um, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's a pretty safe call. It, if someone comes up with something... And I'm going to evaluate it, and I'm going to go, no, um, if the person is not getting it, it's because they don't they don't understand how it works or something like that, you know what I mean? So anyway, this has to do with the neurophone. Why? They got the neurophone to the patent office. So now we know, because we live in a system of control, and the patent office is totally controlled, the Illuminati actually wanted this out there for some reason. Like I said, there's always intrigue behind the back in the background. Now, 
it's normally uh, presented as if the child protege invented this thing by himself. But if you look a little bit deeper, what do you find? It's actually Tesla technology. Now, I would have to say on a percentage basis, I'm not taking anything from Flanagan, because, see, I don't know. But I'm <clears throat> I'm willing to bet, <clears throat> not money, that he probably, it was probably given to him. Okay? And this is what happens when you're deep conspiracists. Go way back in history. Okay? Start with Leonardo da Vinci or whoever. See, da Vinci, he was being fed things. Now, see, most people are hearing this for the first time. They're going, what? I thought he was a great genius. Yeah, I actually think he was a great genius. Probably. Probably. Okay? So you really don't know. Because we, we don't know how this was happening. Let's take another guy. Let's take Jules Verne. <clears throat> now, Jules Verne, people have to create conspiracy theories about him to try to explain how he could have what's called predictive programming. You know, all these inventions that... that <clears throat> came to pass. Now, see, some of the stuff that he predicted that you could relate to uh, Cape Canaveral and the uh, American Space Program, uh, unless he was some kind of a psychic, uh, there's no way he could come up with that. And this is where things get fascinating. Now, a lot of the stuff is encrypted into his books covertly. It's not like out in the open. It's the covert stuff that's um, fascinating and there's a French book out there, which um, was eventually translated into English. And I was actually searching for it on Amazon.com the other day, and uh, it's hard to find. But um, but Eric has it. So I know it exists because I've seen it in his house. And that's what that book, uh, book focuses on. Now, the reason I mentioned him, I mean, it's not that hard to figure out if you have a deep conspiracist view he was just being fed information about the future. Now, where he was selected, he was privileged, and see, you got to take a step back as a big, as a deep conspiracist. You got to ask questions like, how do we know that he even wrote these books? You see, because you don't know. How, how, how can you how can you prove that? You know, um, all this stuff is is a form of propaganda even though it's subtle, it has an effect on the subconscious mind. And whenever you have something that's going to impact society on a significant level, it raises the probabilities that they did not write the text themselves because those texts <clears throat> are written by committee. Okay? And the reason they're written by committee is because they're so important. See? This actually makes sense, you know, how you get things done. And the reason it's done at the most efficient level, if it's something important, is because everything has to do with hierarchy, and the whole system is controlled. I'm talking about the dark hierarchy. And everybody has somebody above them. Going all the way up to the devil. Whoever you think the devil is, you know what I mean? Everybody mm -hmm. has to answer to somebody, and if you don't perform at a high efficiency level, guess what? You get punished. So... Unlike Christianity, where things are just kind of haphazard, and you have this mediocrity in this present era, anyway, you don't have that in uh, elite Satanism, because that's what we're talking about here. You know. 
we say Illuminati or we say nice words like, they're Illuminous, you know. <clears throat> but they're actually Satanists, okay? And that's who rules the world, and this is the way things work behind the scenes. So anyway, yeah, <clears throat> um, you have all this intrigue with these different historical figures. I mean, I could go right on down the line. There's a bunch of them, even people like Mesmer, okay? I wouldn't be so quick to come out and say... You know, that that was all fake. I think that he had these abilities. Um, but there was an agenda to introduce it to the, uh, the general populace, just like with Helena Blavatsky. I mean, Helena Blavatsky, um, she's huge on a historical timeline because um, you did not see that kind of information being available to the public sector before her. You know, a lot of people say she's the uh, uh, she laid the groundwork for the New Age movement, which is <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Now I've got her two books, which I absolutely do not recommend for people, um, called Isis Unveiled and The Secret Doctrine. I mean, they're big, thick tomes. You know, which is the word for a big book, just um, heaped with esoterica. In fact, I just um, was doing a Google search on her yesterday on her views on uh, Yahweh. Um, because she will speak a lot of truth and then um, dress it up in, in, in gibberish, you see? Because it's, it's propaganda, you know what I mean? But the thing is, is she's, she's, she's talking about things. You you could not walk into a library and get anything off of a shelf. You see, you had to be kind of on a higher level. You know, the common man, you know, the worker, he didn't have access to those kind of to those kind of works. You see, and uh, but she was almost always putting kind of a spin on things. That's how you can tell it's propaganda. When you see the spin consistently, you have a simplified view. You go, well, it's just the work of demons, or because it's got a consistent spin, you could say, uh, you know, this is this is propaganda. They're not going to come out and give you the truth. They're not going to put the truth in your lap. But what they're doing there is they they're taking esoteric truths that have not even been discussed at all. I mean, there's no there's no discussion, and now they're being discussed, <clears throat> and they're basically setting you in, the, in setting these truths in your lap. Even if they have like you know, I call them three quarters truths. They got a spin on them. But they're doing it in a way that a Christian, conservative Christian, absolutely cannot process and will immediately reject. Um, I mean, you can go on and on about uh, Helen Babaski, you know, her eccentric behavior. Uh, uh, here you go, okay. According to what we're told, you know, because she was touring around the world. And they tell, they have these stories about, and you know, she did this here and she did that there. How do we know? You see? Because if you go back and you look at Hollywood, <clears throat> let's say 1920s and 30s, it's an absolute proof. In fact, they were just creating stories about these people for public consumption. I'll tell you flat out. Let's say I, I call it the Doris Day principle or syndrome. Okay, Doris Day, I'm absolutely convinced, is a Satanist. Okay, do you know who Doris Day is? The name's familiar. Uh, she's like the goody-good the goody good girl of um, kind of like a Pat Boone. Her and Pat Boone, same thing. The man in uh, white. 
I mean, Pat Pat Boone was rivaling Elvis Presley back in the 1950s, believe it or not. He always dressed in white. I, 100% certain this guy was Luminati. And then they actually come out. I mean, his whole persona see, is scripted. Now, sometimes, like with Mary Monroe, who was a uh, programmed, you know, MK Ultra sex kitten, or whatever you want to call her. You know, it's all it's all manufactured. Sometimes they're acting. Sometimes it's programming. Sometimes it's a mixture. A lot of times it's a mixture. They have different levels of awareness. <clears throat> but uh, whether it's MK Ultra or not, I mean, Marilyn Monroe was definitely had uh, sex kitten programming. You know, and, and I believe totally that uh, you know Elvis Presley was programmed. You know, Oprah is programmed. She actually claims to come from uh, Elvis Presley bloodline. Really? Yeah, because it had to do with um, an early uh, relative of Elvis Presley on a plantation having sex with a uh, a slave. Okay? And these guys are obsessed with genealogies and because... Um, their genealogy is sacred. It has to do with the blood itself. They track everything. And so this is why you have somebody like a, a black man who's high in American politics, uh, but he's Illuminati too, and his bloodline, he's actually related to other uh, you know, presidents, and they're all related to European monarchs. I mean, this has all been proven. People go, well, he's a black man. He can't be Illuminati because, you know, uh, that, that's not mm-hmm. true. We've talked about that a number of times. So, <clears throat> But um, anyway, I mean, you could go on all kinds of different directions. These are very interesting things we're exploring. I mean, you could focus on them. But, you know, you were asking about the Neurophone. So, okay, the conspiracy with the Neurophone is um, it was probably Tesla technology. Um, I... I I'll tell you 100% right now. Is a deep conspiracist. Um, whether uh, Flanagan had awareness or not, uh, his it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it was probably done through his father. Now, it's not uncommon for the fathers to be the handlers. I'm not trying to say that his father was his handler. I'm just saying this is common. But... Um, for for um, a kid that age, he's said to be either 13 or 14. Um, it's not important for him to know what's going on. But I'm trying to say that somebody wanted this out there, but they didn't want the, the public to benefit it. So when they put these products out there, it um, as far as I know, it's always for the same reason. It's for lower-level uh, Illuminati to benefit from. Okay. Now, we wear these medallions, and I've thought about doing a whole podcast on this, on these medallions, okay? There is a tremendous amount of intrigue about these medallions because they work amazingly well. But if you go to the website, you know, it's all like New Agey, and it's all the guys claiming he channeled these things. I don't buy it for a minute, and I don't believe that the guy that has the website, I don't believe he has anything to do with these medallions. I think he probably sells them. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is that these are the kind of, um, uh, you know, the, these energy tools, the ones that you know really work well and stuff like that. 
you ask yourself this question. Do you think they want Christians to have this kind of stuff? Do you think they want to ch- change the energy signature in their home? No. Okay? So why are these products out there at all? Because if you start to look behind the scenes, you've got to start investigating people like, you know, Fred Bell. Okay? That created the uh, that pyramid hat that I was talking about. This is a pyramid <clears throat> that you don't have to orient towards north. It's got a special coating of metal on it. Uh, I guess it has t- tetrahedrons that enable it to, to work, you know, in any direction. Because normally you have to orient it towards magnetic north, you know. And he created a lot of interesting products. He created these uh, uh, these um, these medallions that can cost up to $10,000 that Hollywood movie stars would wear. Well, who who's a Hollywood movie star? Well, Hollywood movie star is somebody that's in the bloodline. And they either know they're in the bloodline or they don't, because a lot of them, I believe, they don't know. Okay, um, it's not uncommon for them to be told that they know. I mean, they get may get promoted, um, and they're just going up to, you know, the ranks, and they're going, "Wow, somebody up there really likes me." They're kind of mystified, you know. Then they're eventually contacted. This happens in all different arenas. Okay. We talked about this before, how it works in politics. And they say, well, you're actually part of the bloodline. You know what I mean? They, they don't worship Satan or anything. Now, they may be contacted because now if you're going to continue to rise from that point, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to, you know, make uh, like a blood covenant or something like that, you see. <clears throat> I'm just trying to say that you got to understand that you know, they hire the bloodline, and not everybody knows they're in the bloodline. In other words, they actually hire people. They don't have a clue what's going on, you know. But we've seen overwhelming evidence that they focus on the bloodline, and they didn't do that as much, for instance, back in, like, the 1950s. Cause they, back then, they were more willing to take people that were genuinely talented, okay, because back then there was a priority on making the industry work. What they were doing was creating a, this has never been done before in world history, a culture for teenagers. Now, the word teenager itself was a, a word, just like all these words. They created an Illuminati think tank. You know, mm-hmm. They're the ones yeah. that create the words. We're the ones that repeat them, like robots. And they used James Dean, who was a Satanist, and uh, you see, you've got intrigue with everything. How do you know that he actually died? Does Dave think he died? I think he probably did. Uh, was he a sacrifice? Um, I'm saying it probably wasn't an accident. Now, here's the reason why. If you look at the deep conspiracist view, one aspect of the deep conspiracist view is that the guys that are running the show, that they're the unknown supermen. They've got technology that is so completely beyond what... Conspiracy theorists are talking about it's it's, it's 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 laughable, okay. So every event is being monitored, and they can prevent accidents if they want to. Now, if God wants something to happen, they can do nothing. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that I hold to such a deep view. Oh, I'm acknowledging that they have the technology. If they wanted to prevent that accident. They could have done so. Now, how does this work? 
we've mentioned before that they actually have a biological sentient being that monitors everything that the quote-unquote men in white lab coats tap into to access information. You know what I mean? And they this being exists because of one primary reason, because they they can do it. Okay, you, you got to really ponder that. Could could they do this? A biological computer that's so advanced is actually a sentient being. Now I only I only believe there's one of them. I have reasons for believing there's only one, uh, but there could be lesser ones, but not like two big ones. They're like equal or something like that. And uh, so you really got to ponder this. Can they do something like that? Well, the, the number one thing to know is that you don't know that they can't because you don't even know what you're dealing with here. But see, I believe the apex of civilization is below our feet in a subterranean realm. Very few Christians talk about it on a serious level because they confuse that with the New Age movement, Hollow Earth theories. And it overlaps with that somewhat. But they, they reject that through guilt by association. They're not making any progress. They're just not, it's not even happening. Okay, and there's a tremendous amount of literature out there <clears throat> about the hollow earth that is just complete garbage, propaganda. Lots of stories. It took me years to figure this stuff out. And let me tell you, that's a good thing when you actually believe in something like a hollow earth, but you're realizing, okay, this is false, that's false. And you actually have these books. You know, like, Admiral Birds. Diary. <laughs> he flew into the hole in the pole. Complete garbage. You know what I mean? But then again, you know, how can you infallibly know that it is genuine? You can't ever know. You see? So this is one of the things that we talk about on this show. We need some skepticism, man, because there's too many people there's too many true believers. You know? Uh, because we've been given we talk about this on the show. Um, it's called epistemology, uh, the discipline, philosophic discipline of how, how you can know what can be known and uh, the subject of knowledge. And we've been psyoped on that too. Because they have different psyops for different categories of people. They'll hit the new age types with the psyop. Well, everything is subjective. You can't know anything absolutely. And you all have your own truth. That, that's a good one. Then in the um, like in, in the Western world in the medieval era, they started hitting us with um, <clears throat> um, to the Roman Catholic Church that you can have absolute certainty. And this is how you believe that the Pope is uh, infallible when he sits on the throne of Saint Peter and he speaks ex cathedra. You see, now we're talking about absolute certainty, infallibility. See, this is the opposite. But see, people are not <clears throat> grasping the reality. This is propaganda, too, you see. And so you've got all these, they call them Protestants, you know. There's very few Protestants running around based on the original definition, but um, these Protestant apologetics ministry, these guys are reasoning in a circle on a massive level. A lot of times it's called presuppositionalism. They're making massive assumptions just assuming, well, this is true, and then building something off of that, and it comes, it becomes this great big edifice. So a lot of times this has to do with, like, you know, uh, infallibility of the Bible, you know what I mean? We're, we're really talking about, like, preservation, you know what I mean? Where you'll notice that, like, you know, um, specialized textual critics, 
They will not talk this way. They have very guarded language, very technical. They're kind of like scientists because they're <laughs> in the big picture. They're actually kind of protecting their career. I mean, they won't come actually come out and tell you that, you know. But they're subject to like peer review and stuff like that. They're very careful what they say. You know, for instance, if you have a Trinitarian scholar, <clears throat> they will not come out and say, well, you know, um, <clears throat> the doctrine of the Trinity explicitly taught in Scripture. Did you know they don't say that? They say it's never. <laughs> it's they say the exact opposite. It's never. Now remember now, these are Trinitarians. It's never explicitly taught in Scripture. In other words, what they're saying is there's not a single. Now, let's let's break that down. You know that's that's academic talk. Now I'm saying that it's true. Let's break it down. What they're actually telling you, it's almost like they're speaking in code. What they're telling you, there's not a single proof text in the Bible for the doctrine of the Trinity that I believe in anyway. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? In other words, the only way you could arrive at that um, belief system um, is by combining scriptures. You know what I mean? Allowing scriptures to interpret scriptures. There's not a single passage you can go to where it clearly teaches this anywhere. Isn't that interesting? There's quite a few things like that, and there's other things where there's just like nothing in the Bible at all. For instance, like the doctrine, um, almost all Christians believe this, they're Protestant, <clears throat> or Catholic, or Eastern, yeah. The doctrine of ex nihilo creation. You hear about this over and over and over again. The reason is it's, um, they, they don't give you an option, you see, because the only option is some form of emanationism. There's different types, okay? And uh, so what they do, they create a false dichotomy and a, a dialectic between ex nihilo creation, which is a Latin term for out of nothing, and um, the pagan view of um, different types of monism, which are basically pantheism and panentheism. Monism has to do with the belief that all created substance, or all substance, period, you know, even if it's eternal, it's divine in some sense. I mean, if you're a panentheist, it's divine in a qualified sense, because there's different levels of um, qualitatively of divine substance. Some is more divine than others, you know. <laughs> but they never give you a middle position. The way that you can identify theological propaganda, which you don't hear, I've never heard anybody say theological propaganda. There's theological propaganda everywhere. The reason people don't see it, they're not looking. Because what did I talk about, the big lie? The concept that there could be theological propaganda, that will fry most Christian brains. Because they go, oh, God, I don't think God allows that kind of thing. Um, what they believe and what they focus on is non-Christian cults. And you ought to know, Johnny, that Christians are extremely naive and simple-minded when it comes to uh, <clears throat> infiltration in you know church, institutional church structure. Now, let's just take you know Roman Catholic Church and say, oh yeah, those evil Roman Catholics. No, let's talk about um, <clears throat> the kind of religion that you like. You know. Now, I actually believe that every single megachurch in America is pastored by a Satanist. And at first, that that's just like a ludicrous view. 
You see, but this has to do with learning how to think straight. Okay? Uh, learning how to think straight about mega churches. Okay? Now stop and think about one thing, because <clears throat> you always want to simplify it, everything. And let's, let's go to the absolute basics. Does the Illuminati want to infiltrate? But you know what most, you know, Dave, we won't even need to ask that. Yeah, we do. Because do you know that the average Christian, he goes his entire life without asking himself that question, Johnny? They really suck. It, it, that's how bad it is. So I want to point that out. Even though we're at the nursery school level, they don't even get to that level. Now, let me illustrate that a different way. Is it true or is it not true that the great majority of pastors in America never seriously contemplate that there could be... Um, let's, let's, let's don't qualify the type of Satanists. Let's just say Satanists, period, that have infiltrated their church. They never and that's kind of subjective. That. Yeah, that's kind of subjective. But I believe... Because, you know, how do you prove that? If you got, kind of get a feel for things, you actually know that pastors do not even ponder that possibility their entire career. And you kind of have to ask yourself, why? Well, it's complicated. A lot of it has to do with ego. Um, you have another problem in churches. <clears throat> not only the people are delusional, in believing that they're going to go to heaven, the pastors are too. Because, see, they're the shepherd over their flock, and they fall into this delusion that, you know, we're doing good here. Because if we're not doing good here, then I'm not doing a good job. So it all begins with, I'm doing a good job. I'm pleasing God. And so since I'm pleasing God and I'm doing a good job, we're, we're, we're doing a good job here. Okay. Now, since we're doing a good job, guess what? Most of these people are going to heaven. The Bible teaches the opposite. Now, you may not believe this. You have to sit down and convince people with proof texts right out of the Bible. The Bible teaches <clears throat> that everybody that does not have a relationship with Christ is doomed. The Bible also teaches, for instance, like it says um, in the past, you let all the nations go their own way. That um, There were different historical pe periods that were relatively lengthy where almost everybody was going to hell. And you go, ah, that doesn't make any sense. It's right in the Bible. Okay, Now, it doesn't make any sense in the big picture unless you reject what historical Christianity teaches. When I say historical Christianity, I'm not talking about biblical Christianity. Those are two different things. Okay. The Protestant reformers believed, and whether they were, uh, you know, of the Lutheran stream, or whether they the Calvinist stream, whether they believed in single predestination, or whether they believed in double predestination, that um, all men were guilty for the sin of Adam. And God does not help most men because it's self-evident that he doesn't. You see, you've got people in history, huge historical figures. It doesn't appear that God's doing anything to try to help these people on a salvation level. Well, we're talking about the deepest parts of Africa or Indonesia, stuff like that. I mean, people want to believe these things. Go ahead because there's no evidence for it. 
you know, angels showed up and told him about Jesus, you know. Um, there's no evidence, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> and um, I could say a lot about this. I've talked about this before. But anyway, going on, they say that um, God predestined the fate of all men. And even if you believe in single predestination, if you predestinate one group, then the fate of the other group is sealed. So it's really nonsensical to talk about single predestination. You know, you're just trying to get, get off the hook or trying to soften the position. But anyway, I mean, um, <clears throat> now, they they believed in what's called total depravity. That means that you cannot save yourself. It also means that you have nothing to offer God. And now, and they also teach that because of God's holy nature, even if you did have something to offer God, he wouldn't accept it anyway. Because the only thing he accepted was Christ's righteousness on the cross. So you have no righteousness. So you can't save yourself. Mm-hmm. If you had anything at all, God wouldn't recept, receive it either because it's not perfect. Now, this is what they teach. Okay? Um, they also taught, Augustine taught that man was um, responsible for Adam's sin. Now, some of the reformers taught that and some of them didn't. Okay? Because there's more than one aspect to what's called original sin. Okay. Now, and what they teach is that um, most of humanity, God doesn't do anything to help them at a redemptive level. He does precisely nothing. He's not trying to get them saved. He's not engaged on a fool's errand. Okay? And you can see this uh, by the fact that, you know, God is, it doesn't look like he's doing anything um, in large geographical areas in significant periods of history. You've got to be delusional to look the other way. You've got to have some massive compartmentalization going on. That's exactly what most Christians do, because they believe in the concept of a good God. They would never do such a thing. You know, They believe in Romans 1 that God, um, that you can get saved through acknowledging that um, that God created. You know, talking about Romans 1. Now, the Bible teaches that you can examine creation and acknowledge that there's a creator. But it doesn't uh, acknowledge that you can get saved that way. Because in Romans 10, Paul says, rhetorical question, strongest statement in Scripture, how will they know without a preacher? That's a good question. Know what? Knowledge about Messiah, Christ. You have to have specific knowledge about Christ to respond to because there's no salvation outside of Christ you know, beyond the first century. So acknowledging that there's a creator, that's actually basic common sense, which most people don't have today because they live in a secular culture and they've been programmed um, <clears throat> you know, by evolutional propaganda. So they don't have basic common sense. Okay, and uh, but people in the ancient world, they were not subjected to that amount of massive social engineering. They were able to think for themselves, and uh, you didn't have people running around that were like, you know, atheists. I'm not trying to say there wasn't anybody. You know what I mean? But as a general rule, you had people who believed in the gods and goddesses and celestial beings, whether they're above or they're below, elemental beings, you know, elves, fairies, dwarfs. I mean. Elemental spirits, nature spirit. I mean, you know, you know, take your pick, man. You know, and now people, I mean, it's like, you know, 
They don't believe in any of this stuff anymore. And uh, just believe what they're told because um, when you go and get your your uh, quote unquote education, do they talk about any of these things? No. No. So you know that before people are skeptical skeptical about them. Well, I was going off on an interesting thread there. I don't remember what it was. We always digress around here. Um, but it was so long ago, I don't remember what it was. Um, okay, we were talking about the neurophone. And uh, you can go in different directions with that. But, yeah, what they're doing, they are allowing uh, beneficial... Well, you can use an example of a health food store, okay? Um, there's a reason that we have health food stores, now, one reason is God. You could have this dialogue between God and, we'll say the devil, okay, and, and, and God says, um, look at um, in this geographical location, I want some health food stores out there. Um, and in his mind, he's saying that, because um, Christians are some, this is a huge subject in itself. This, there's no question this is true. Now, they just had an article on the Internet, which I posted on Facebook, the Christians are the fattest people of any religion in the world. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I see that post. And I said on there that they're the, that they're the number one product of social engineering because they're the enemy. So this is not surprising. Because people are surprised. They go, why? Why would it be? You know. And uh, so uh, anyway, um, yeah, the health food thing. So God's God's doing this, you could theorize, because in the future he'll say, I gave you an outlet. It was available, but you just stared at the blinking screen. You didn't educate yourself, and uh, you basically destroyed yourself through ignorance. But, the, but I gave you an outlet. You know what I mean? And that's one theory, and I'm not saying that's not true. I actually believe that's true to some degree, but there's another one that's a little more complex, and they don't cancel each other out, but on a lower level, the Illuminati is um, – it varies from region to region. But what I'm saying is something unusual. They actually want some health food stores out there. Now, why do they want? Why would they want health food stores at all? Okay, because isn't it true that Christians could benefit from them? So let's go with a simplistic view. Illuminati doesn't want any health food stores at all because Christians could benefit from them. That's a simple view. Okay, I wish life was that simple. Usually, it's not. So now we're going to go with a more complex view. What they're going to do is, first of all, these guys are haughty. They're you know satanic black magicians. And they are um, extremely overconfident are the robotic behavior of Christians right down the line, which there's a tremendous amount of evidence for. I mean, Christians are basically clueless about so many things. Like, there's a long list. It's like, you know, what is wrong with these people? Because we've got evidential proof for it, so it's not a theory. There's something wrong. So you've got to develop theories, you know. How could this happen? What is God doing? Because you know, God's doing something. He's, he's involved. Why are they so stupid? Okay. So the other theory is that um, <clears throat> because Christians are so stupid, because their minds are so enslaved, which we actually talked about in the last podcast, and it's actually in the title, the enslaved mind, okay? Um, <clears throat> they're not worried about Christians um, improving themselves through alternative methods. What they do is they psyop Christians, they assault their brain, and they keep them from exploring. They, they they basically cause them to reject anything that has to do with anything alternative. Now let's let's stop and ponder. Okay, look at your local church. Okay, not saying that you go to one, but 
but you have a basic understanding of a local church. What are they into at any level whatsoever that we could justifiably put the term alternative on? And before we go on, you know who, where the word alternative comes from? Illuminati. Yeah. They want that term alternative because you see, this is, they want you to know right away this is not the norm. It's kind of out of the box, you know. Oh yeah, like calling um, yeah, in your world order stuff alternative media. Because uh-huh. I don't call it alternative media. You know, it's, if it's anti-New World Order, it's anti-New World Order. Right. <laughs> you know what they're into on an alternative level in a local church? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Name something. You think of anything? Nothing. Nope. Not one thing. So, see, I'll come out and I'll make these statements. That's another grandiose statement, Dave. You're famous for that on this podcast. The Christians, you know, have been psyoped by Illuminati. They're not in anything alternative. Well, prove it. Prove that's not true. There's no evidence. You see, what I'm doing, this kind of stuff is going on right in front of us every day. But no one's pointing to it. These are, this, these are self-evident facts. In other words, all you have to do is just point an elongated fig, uh, finger at something and go, look at this over here. And the problem is people are not even looking. Now, why aren't they looking? Because this is even more important. The reason they're not looking, they don't know how to think. Because these are the most fundamental basic things that people should be thinking about all the time. They haven't even got to ground zero. They're not functioning. This is why we talk about the, the, the Christian brain that's not functioning. There's nothing happening, man. It's not happening. If there's nothing alternative going on at a local church, you know, when I said that that time, that's kind of a complex statement. Now, what do you mean by church? What do you mean by alternative? Because let me tell you, there are marginal Christian churches out there where they are doing – you actually go to an Episcopal church. They're doing alternative things there. I'll be the first to tell you, but guess what? It's not a Christian church. Now, in the Episcopalian denomination, which is not even Christian anymore, and that's a generalized statement, because I will actually acknowledge that there's conservative Christian churches, I could call them Christian, within that umbrella. It's almost like, what are they doing there? Why do they even bother to be Episcopalian? Good Episcopalians, good question. Okay? There are exceptions. So when I say something like that, I don't mean to be like an absolute statement. You know why? <clears throat> Because I've said over and over again, absolutes are very difficult to prove because they hardly ever hold up at every point along the line. So now I'm making a qualified statement, but it's still true because you could go from church to church to church on a local level and you will see nothing alternative. Now, you could go like in mid, in the Midwest, just to illustrate how extreme this is, where you have relatively smaller towns. Let's say like Nebraska. So you're going to go to a town, you're going to pull in, and you're going to investigate, you know, like they've got seven local churches, and you go through each one of the seven churches. And, of course, this would take you some time if you're going to actually investigate this. <laughs> You'd have to be on a payroll. And you would find that, no, none of these churches are in anything, anything alternative. Then you would go to the next Midwest town. There's five churches. You'd find the exact same thing. You see what I'm saying? And you just keep right on going, same thing over and over again. Now, it's true that if you actually get into cities, 
city churches tend to be more liberal, and they will be um, uh, more likely to be exposed to alternative type thinking, however you want to define that. You know what I mean? But now if you just look at just um, just a typical conservative, the important word is conservative, because conservative that sounds like a good word, right? Conservative Christian church. As a general rule, you will not find anything alternative in a conservative Christian church. Nothing. Well, conservative. These are supposed to be the good churches. And I, I'm actually saying that they actually are, because, see, <clears throat> you got to get this perspective now. It's not the alternative stuff that's important. What's important is actually you know, basics about you know, God, salvation, things like that. So we're assuming they're getting those things right. I'm just trying to say, as far as anything alternative, you know, in these churches, you'll have, um, you know, the pastor will be on medication. You may have uh, like 60% of the people on medication. Uh, when somebody gets uh, ill, <clears throat> they uh, they go to the doctor and they get the chemotherapy, and they're dead six months later, despite everyone praying. Okay. Um, those kind of churches, those kind of churches that um, that do not buck the system at any point along the line. Now, there's different categories of the system, okay? They go along with the military. They support the military. Uh, the medical cartel, right on down the line. Do they speak against the medical cartel? Because where did that come from, Okay. All of our institutions came from the same source. They didn't emerge out of a vacuum. They're created. Now, who are they created for? By because I've never said this on a podcast, but it's pretty obvious. What's Dave going to say? Institutions are created for Christians. Everything is done. Christians are more important than they actually think they are. If they actually knew, it's like um, all being. It's all in the background, though. You see, because the society outwardly, just ignores Christians. Christians are not important. Christians are boring. Christianity stupid, archaic, dumb, outmoded, blah, blah, blah. We don't pay attention to Christianity. Behind the scenes, let's take like the television set. Television set was designed specifically to neutralize the Christian brain. See that? Now, this is, this is basic common sense based on the principle here's the, which is reducible to one question. Who is the enemy century after century? Christians. Now, again, we notice that Christians cannot even manufacture that incredibly important question in their brain. That's one of the most important things I've said so far, so I I really want to uh, emphasize that. They have um, their entire adult life. They come up with that question. Here's what's important. Ask yourself, is that a vital question? Is it really important? Absolutely. You know why? It doesn't get any more simple than this. You're trying to figure out who the enemy is. Who's our enemy? Who's the enemy? Organized Satanism. Show me some Christians that are talking about this in a local church at any significant level across the United States of America. 
I haven't found anybody. Um, you know, now you were talking about um, John Todd. Yeah. Now there's an interesting character. Now, as I meant to say, he is actually credited with um, being the first individual. I'm not saying this is true. Um, with ex- like exposing the Illuminati using that term. Are you familiar with it? People actually credit him with that? Really? Yeah. No, I, now, what's interesting is you would think that if something like that was to go on, you would think that it would uh, happen outside the churches. You know what I mean? Because the churches are always lagging behind. you got to understand that. God's people are lagging behind. You know, they're not at the front of the of the, of the of the line. They're suffering from a lack of knowledge. They've been psyoped because they're the enemy. So the number one agenda is to keep them in the dark. God is not intervening to reverse this at this point in history. This is why we got the situation. Okay, so but that's actually what happened. John Todd claimed to be somebody who was raised in Illuminati, and his method for exposing the Illuminati, and the big thing that we're talking about here, he actually used that term, was he would visit churches. And and uh, back in the 1970s, and give these, uh, you know, these little speeches. <clears throat> now, what did I say earlier? <laughs> that there's always intrigue circulating behind the scenes. Here's the number one thing you need to know about anyone who claims to be a quote-unquote survivor, you know, at any level, of Illuminati programming. You want to um, take special attention to note whether that individual is mentioning the most important thing that he can possibly say. And what is that? He needs to confess that um, <clears throat> that he still has residual programming. Okay? Because they all do. You see? Now, some of them do. That doesn't mean that they're not an agent. Okay? But they all have residual programming. And I'm not sure... And it's something that's difficult to prove. I'm not sure if you can get rid of your residual programming during a human lifetime. Now, you may be able to get clear enough of it out that whatever is left, you know, it's it's not significant. I mean, you've still got some remaining. But how, how do you actually prove? Because there's layers behind layers. You know what I mean? The compartmentalizing the human brain. How do you know? Now, I'm going to claim that you can't know. I believe that the Illuminati can but no one in the public sector can, apart from some kind of revelation from God, which would be highly subjective as well. Okay. So um, <clears throat> what these people need to do is they can, need to come right out, which I said some of them do, and say, hey, you know, you can't trust everything I say because I had a lot of programmed information. Now, what I am saying is if you've got somebody who never says that, you've got a massive red flag waving over that person. In other words... They're not going to be in your trust, personal trust zone. So, you know, a lot of people, I don't like to come out and say, well, this guy is a Illuminati agent. I don't really need to do that. I'll just come out and say, he's not in my trust zone. So, 
I'll leave it up to somebody to determine for themselves. Uh, and they're probably going to go, ah, yeah, I think Dave thinks that guy's a Illuminati agent. But he's not going to actually come out and say it. Because it gets sensitive when you start throwing around names. Because <clears throat> I had this guy ask me some questions uh, in an email. And he was asking me about this Kate Gaia individual. You ever heard of him? Or some people will say Ooh. her. <laughs> Who? Kate of Gaia. You know what Gaia, like, um, Gaia yeah. the goddess? No. no, I've never you heard, heard of Kate of okay. Gaia. Uh, well, like a lot of these people, you're not really sure where they're coming from. But the main thing is, and this, this is actually a good thing about the deep conspiracist view. The deep conspiracist view acknowledges that um, a lot of these people, especially in the Christian uh, community, they have embedded programming. Okay, and um, so it's very difficult, you know, especially if you're the opposite coast and you know you never even meet these people. Um, how do we infallibly know this person doesn't have a better program? Just to determine whether they're sincere or not. Because, see, they can be controlled and not know it. They can They can have Christian personality that's programmed. Now, I'm sure you've read stories about people who have said, you know, I was a Illuminati mind-controlled slave or something like that, you know, and they'll actually say that I had a Christian program. Now, there's stories about Billy Graham. Now, as soon as you say Billy Graham, people, like, start to freak out because, oh, Billy Graham? <laughs> Get a clue, okay? Now, this is the deep conspiracist view. I'm being a little bit skeptical here. But, I mean, there's a guy, I forget his name, I, mean, I know who he is, but... uh. He claimed that he uh, found like a micro dish in a, in a big library, I think, in Washington, D.C. Not sure what the town is. And saw that Billy Graham was um, a 33rd degree, uh, you know, Freemason. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm just saying that, look, at, even if he's a Satanist, which I believe he is, I believe he's from a Satanic family. Illuminati family, okay? Um, that can still be tier two propaganda. They like to put that kind of stuff out there. I wouldn't stake my reputation on it. And uh, somebody say, Dave, <laughs> you don't have a reputation. <laughs> you've done this podcast and you've sunk yourself so many times. Yeah, because our views are too radical for public acceptance, even by. Uh, The Christian conspiracy community, what do you think of it uh, in relationship, comparing to the, um, uh, you know, secular Christian community? Don't you think they're kind of running behind quite a bit, to say the least, Johnny? Well, yeah, they haven't caught up to the actual scope of the New World Order. I mean, once you start talking about the New World Order, it's already over their heads because they don't know what you're talking about. Unless they've heard it on TV where it's touted as the next best thing for them. It's like yeah. they're always trying to tone everything down. Hmm. Yeah, that too. And, and and say that, you know, these views are extreme and they're unnecessary. Or that the New World Order is not real. Now, there's an agenda behind that. The whole movement is infiltrated. I'm talking about Christian conspiracy movement. And it's real simple. They're simply doing that because they don't want Christians exposed to these. Um, it, it, it's a harsh reality. It's an awful reality, and they don't want them to. 
be exposed to that reality. So they use these yeah. different methods uh, to damn the whole thing, to make it appear too extreme for serious consideration. It works very well. As you can see, the Christians are not seriously considering these possibilities. <clears throat> now, what we've been told is the people that uh, get in contact with us, they actually claim that God kind of got a hold of them and through various means, um, I'm, I'm real big on the various because it's definitely different things happen to different people. But basically, you know, woke them up from some kind of tangible experiential level and said, this stuff is true. And you start listening to these people, you know. That's too bad it's not happening to more people because most Christians are just sleeping right on through. They're going to get a big wake-up call when the economy goes down. Now, you believe the economy is going to go down like I do, right? Yeah. That's when America... you believe that's when America is going to sink? Because there's different views, because you could have uh, World War III comes first, and then, then the economy goes down. I think I think economy is going to sink first. Go ahead. Well, there could be some sort of um, escalation before that happens, like, uh, you know, martial law before that. But mm -hmm. usually that would be an indicator of that happening after. But, you know, either way, it's not um, pretty. Well, one thing we don't do around here is predictions, so uh, I'm going to make a prediction, just for entertainment purposes. We'll see if it comes to pass. It's not a prophecy, it's just predictions. So now I just want to say that when you make predictions, most of them are not going to come to pass. Um the Illuminati is very, very difficult to forecast what they're doing. People are usually wrong. The main thing they're wrong about is when it's gonna happen. This is gonna happen, that's gonna happen. And what actually does happen? Nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa. Yeah. I could have swore. I mean, you know, you got the you, you got the 2012. The <laughs> yeah, you got the 2012-2013 syndrome. I mean, even in my mind, I'm going, okay, they're going to pull some kind of major 2000 or 9/11 or stunt in 2012 because there's so much hoopla. Okay, but if they don't, you can just you know bet your your bottom dollar that they'll do it in 2013. Because there's no way that 2013 is going to go by without something like that happening if they don't do it in 2012. Well, that was my thinking. And I, I'm not saying it's bad thinking. I think it was good thinking. But you know something? It didn't happen. I can't think of a better way to illustrate, you know, when you try to figure out what they're going to do as far as predicting you got to be very careful. It's probably not going to happen. Anyway, I'm going to predict anyway. <clears throat> I believe that what's going to trigger everything is a false flag that will most, most likely be associated with ISIS. And then I think there's going to be two stages with the economy. There's going to be some... Now, it's possible the economy could start to slip before this. I think it will probably happen after an ISIS-related event. That may not be ISIS, but some kind of significant false flag involving America. We've got, we got false flags going on right now. You know, They're just not the big ones. I could point some of those out. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they're really uh, important. Like The one in Sydney was a false flag. 
That was all. Probably fake. Because, see, if you're not inside the building, you don't know for sure. Because they will push the fakery stuff, too. A lot of times it's partial fakery. There's fakery involved, but it doesn't mean it's all fake. You know. Anyway, because they push the extreme as well. Anyway, um... <clears throat> Okay, I'm not even going to talk about when the economy starts to kind of slide. I'm just saying that I think it's going to start with a uh, a false flag, be most likely associated with ISIS. And then after that, I believe that the economy is going to take a, a major downturn, and then uh, we're going to go to war. I'm not saying who we're going to go to war with. Actually, um... I think the most likely country is actually Syria. I'm not, I'm not actually predicting this. I'm saying that's the most likely country. I don't think it will start with Russia. Um, you know, because you got to remember now, good example of being wrong, how many people out there were saying, we're going to go to war with Iran year after year after year after year, and it never happened? I happens. think every summer. Nothing. You see? Every see how hard it is to predict? Now, the Pet Go To video, have you, you seen that before? The what video? The Pet Go To video, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, now, they're telling you something there, and uh, it's just a matter of whether it's going to come to pass or not. Now, you actually look at the sequencing. The sequencing is backing up what I just said, but you've got to be able to identify it. What you see there are two stylized twin towers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the twin towers are already dissolved, but but this one, one of them is shaped like a woman's derriere, okay? And they're they're doing something profound there, which we talked about before, but those, see, those two, um, that was pillar symbology that related to the constellation of Gemini, and the older constellation had to do with with a, a couple that the Illuminati suppressed knowledge about, and they changed it into two. Uh, well, like young men. Uh, Castor and Pollux. This is actually in the Book of Acts, if I remember correctly. mentions that. That's, that's an older Greek corruption. But originally they were a couple, and this is the same. You know who the couple is? It's the king and the queen that we talk about. Now, if you could just grasp that one thing, that there's a couple. And this is the handiwork of God. See, Christians don't understand that the, the quote-unquote gospel of the stars. Who did all that? You know, because in Genesis 1, it talks about he put the sun and the moon and the uh, stars in the sky to serve as signs. You see that? And then you will see evidence as you go along in Scripture for what's called the Maseroth which is the Hebrew term for uh, the constellations, which I don't even want to mention the word astrology. That was That's not an ancient term. It's best to just jettison all that, because that's a massive trigger word in the Christian brain, because that has become an esoteric science. And probably the number one thing I need to say about that is that... Um, in the public sector, we don't have enough knowledge anymore. It's That's something that they've stolen from us. 
so when you look at uh, New Age astrological prognostications, you will notice <clears throat> that they have a significant element of truth in them. If you've ever like looked at your own sign and go, wow, man. it's not a coincidence. You're not imagining that. But it, will, it won't all line up. The reason is because the whole thing has been corrupted. You see? And one of the reasons is the whole cosmology is wrong. Now, see, what you need to do is see a cloud behind the moon. Then you'll understand that one statement. Because you don't need, that's not a theory anymore. Because um, what it does, it tells you that the, that the sun and the moon, because you can see clouds behind either one of them, they're both relatively small. Just like everyone in the ancient world believed. Once you go back far enough, okay, and um, and they were also relatively close to the Earth, so the heliocentric cosmology it goes right down the tubes. And now, here's what's interesting, though. This is this is true, so people need to know this. Um, you can look this up on the internet, but because um, <clears throat> you don't want to push this too far, because um, and this will kind of confuse people, so you have to kind of look it up, do your own research. But astrology is actually based on a geocentric cosmology. You ever heard that before? You probably haven't, huh? People will doubt yeah. that, so go ahead and look it up. I can't, I can't readily prove that. It's too complicated. So if you're interested in that, just look it up. Put in astrology and like geocentrism or geocentric. And it's not really going to explain it that well. It's just like... Because it's it's still connected with the still has it's never lost a connection with the ancient cosmology, but um, it's all screwed up because you know um, I'm just going you see it's really it's getting more important for you to see a cloud behind the moon because you were that question you're asking me about this um, what is it a 13 moon calendar? Yeah, the 13 moon calendar. Yeah, I can only allow for two moons. I had a little conversation with Connie before I came on here, and I'm convinced there's only two moons. There's a a true moon, which the Bible refers to different times. Um, uses the word her in reference to it. In the ancient world, it always had a feminine aspect in relationship to the male masculine solar object. And there's an esoteric sun and moon. And we talk about these things. They have twins. And uh, so they tell us, you know, like Jupiter, I mean, it has all these moons. In the ancient world, people would have laughed at that. Okay? Because if you go back far enough, not, you know, you're not going to believe this kind of stuff. I'm just telling. What I'm telling you is what, you can trust me on this, because scholars will talk about this. But you don't hear any real discussion about it. You know how many times I've heard Christians talk about this in any context? Um, off the top of my head, never, what I'm going to say next. In the ancient con uh, world, all cultures had essentially the same cosmology, which was three-tiered. They had a literal, physical firmament <clears throat> that overshadowed everything. And, uh, and the stars were, uh, most of them, not all of them, were placed in the firmament. They're, they're very small. And the firmament rotated. Now, if you go outside at night and uh, 
use your imagination just a little bit. That's a reasonably clear night. You will notice it, because everybody says this that I've talked to, they go, wow, that's true. It appears as if the night sky is actually kind of a dome. And the reason people haven't noticed is because they never went outside and pondered that possibility. The nature world, as far as we know, everybody believes this. Okay? And if you look at the stars, and you use like, um, what, time-lapse photography, is that what it's called? Where they uh, track the stars, but that you'll notice that they move in, in, a, in an arch. Where you can choose a particular star, and then come out every hour or so, and you'll know that it moves, notice that it moves in an arch. Well, <clears throat> all of them do that. There's no exceptions, except for the um, the erratic objects that are up there. And those are not real stars, they're fake. Now the question is, are any of these stars real? Well, that, that, I've dealt with that before we actually had that podcast title. I mean, you've got false moons, you've got the false suns. They're all false. There are false suns, but we haven't talked about them. Sherry talks about them, but she has a different take on them than I do. I've never talked about the sun. I call it a fake sun, okay? Uh, but there's fake stars, and the um, the military has admitted that they have the capability. Now, this is true, because I actually heard it on Coast to Coast AM. Well, Dave, if it's on Coast to Coast AM, it must be true. <laughs> but basically, I mean, it was from the military. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, you know, unless it was just completely fake. But, um, but, but you know, you could ask yourself, do they have the technology to um, to create a, a false night sky? You better believe it. Now, this is, this is what's important. If they have that capability, do you think that they would never use that technology one single time? Do you think they would see what, – you know what you're doing here? You're learning how to think straight. And what's so pathetic about the whole thing, you start to realize, you know, Christians are so completely out of the mix. They're so far behind they're not even anywhere near any of this at all. They're just completely living in the delusional pastor world where they have one great belief that if you have a thousand pastors who never talk about any of these things because these men are anointed men of God, um, and if they never talk about them, Dave, that means that you're flat dead wrong. See that kind of thinking, and you can actually understand why people would think that. I mean, kind of, you know, if you got, if you you have a, um, what, what should we call this mind? A common mind, the common mind of the common man. That's the way people think. They think what we're talking about is totally outlandish, and they can't. If you if you could see somebody, they would have kind of a bemused. Look on their face, you know what I mean? Because they're not able to process this kind of stuff. So. <clears throat> Anything else you want to ask me about the neurophone? No, I think they don't it's want Christians to have access to. So. It's it promoted behind like the scenes, but never I've never seen any Christians even comment about it. I mean, it seems cool, but I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it does seem a little, uh, I don't know, sinister in my opinion. The reason it's well, you coming want out now. And, 
You see how it's labeled as, it's like the newest thing, the, the, I mean, it's the Neo Neurophone, so it's like, the you know, they're talking about it in a sort of new agey, new world order kind of context. Well, let's talk about two conspiracies real quick, because I, I meant to talk about this one before. Get the easy, the, the easy one out of the way first. First of all, the, the price was jacked up to uh, $800. Yeah, $899 or something. Uh, it, and all I'm saying is that something should be obvious if you have a reasonably deep conspiratorial mind. That was done with careful deliberation. See, there's ways. Now, what did I say earlier? Didn't I say that the, the neural phone was for lower-level lo- Illuminati? You know, in other yeah. words, it's not for middle-class Christians. Now, when you jack uh-huh. the price up, because, see, it didn't used to be anywhere near that much. I, I, I'm just, it might have been around 300, you know, a while back. But it was artificially jacked up, okay? You see what's going on there? That alone, in, especially in this economy, how many Christians yeah. are going to go out and spend $800 on a neurophone? Very, very, very few. You know how many? I know of one, and he didn't spend any hundred dollars, and that was um, that was Eric. I don't know of anybody else that was a Christian. Okay, now the other thing that I and I this is like a huge subject, and I you'd have to like <clears throat> stop and pause and dwell here. I'm just so I'm just presenting this, just throwing this out there. But there was a lot of controversy, uh, just roughly back, you know, maybe like 2001, 2002, maybe later, um, probably around that time, though, where people were really complaining about this new Nero phone from Flanagan and basically saying that um, it was markedly inferior. Okay, now the deep conspiracist, again, is going to say that this is all, this is not, you know, he knew what he was doing. Now, this is one of the ways to, to, to start to, to realize to hold it. See, Flanagan is in on this whole thing. You know what I mean? He knew that, the, he, that there was inferior product out there. Also, I'm wearing a, what's called a sensor right now, a medallion. Okay? And you, almost always I have that phi medallion on that I mentioned I didn't. I didn't mention the particular medallion, but I, I mentioned the guy that creates these medallions. And North Times, there's, there's intrigue behind everything. Well, you know what we're doing? We're putting behind the scenes just about everything, and we're seeing that there's there's intrigue. Uh, we need to talk about John Todd again. Because uh, there's intrigue about him. Because I believe he was mind controlled slave, and they actually put him out there in the first place. Anyway. <clears throat> See, Flanagan knew, because he's getting emails. Now, this this product is crap. You know what I mean? The best case you could probably make is that um, he had some problems with the manufacturer that he wanted to, because this, cause this can potentially happen. You know what I mean? That he was frustrated to, and he but he knew it was inferior. But but if you if you know, there's no evidence that he ever acknowledged that. You see, what you get from him is silence. You see. I'm just saying that um, I think there's somebody behind him at every step along the way. Just like they're always. See, it's always that way. If you're one of them, there's somebody behind you, and you have to answer to somebody. Now, the way it's 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 presented to the public is these guys just kind of roll off an assembly line, and they do what they want to do. They do this or that. They don't have to answer to somebody. 
that's the that's the way they want to portray these people, but it's not like that at all. And the reason is is because um, they're not project they're not pre- uh, presenting them as illuminists in a highly regulated uh, structure where you're you have a high degree of uh, responsibility answering somebody above you. You know what I mean? Even though you have a lot of privileges, there's a tremendous amount of control. And you want to talk about a perks and punishment system? That's the ultimate one. It's organized generational Satanism, which you cannot get into uh, except by, um, well, the easiest way is actually through fornication. You know what I mean? And you are um, born from a mother who um, had sex with somebody in the Illuminati. Do you want to simplify it? Because that's, that's what it is. You see? And you're Illuminati. Because your mother had sex with... Because, um, you know, the Illuminati... <clears throat> they, uh, you know, say the very least, they have a very wild sex life. <laughs> is that an understatement? And they just have sex if they want to have sex. And their marriages are basically a sham. It's from a Christian perspective, you know. They do have a purpose, but... Um, and they actually are quite traditional in some sense. Because they have arranged marriages, you see, and that's the ancient view. But uh, I mean, they screw who they want to screw. And uh, quite a bit of it is ritual sex, because they're very ritualistic. But it creates a lot of um, bastard children. Now, these bastard children are actually sacred to them because of the bloodline. It depends on the level of dilution. depends on the purity of the bloodline of the male in the first place, you see. If his bloodline is significantly diluted, however you would define that, they're not going to attract the bloodline as much, and they will not promote that person. But you could see how you could be a bastard son and not have any clue about your background, and you just get promoted, and um, or I'm just trying to say whether you get promoted or not. You just you're just unaware of all this. You don't know because you know, it's supposed to be convert. Oh, excuse me, covert. So uh, yeah, try to remind me, and we'll talk about John Todd a little bit because see that's an interesting psyop. Basically, Johnny, what's happening over and over again is people are being psyoped. Uh, because they're simple-minded and they're not even um, they're not even suspicious. See that? Once you look at it from that perspective, you go, okay. That's why people are being taken. I mean, the guys out there, the control- controllers are extremely sophisticated in every way. They're plotting and scheming uh, in a highly intricate, complex manner. They have all the best methodologies down that have been proven through centuries of social engineering, and it's just virtual child's play, especially when it comes to Christians. These people are not even suspicious. And uh, the only reason it's not happening even more is because God's preventing it. But what you'll see is that God is allowing a whole heck of a lot to go on. And, uh, And what God is doing, in my opinion, the big picture, he's trying to illustrate something that he will, um, reveal and emphasize in the distant future, and it has to do with basically the stupidity of man um, 
relying on his own intellect. In other words, unless God illuminates the dark, fallen mind of man, he resides in a state of ongoing stupidity. Now, this is true, because if you look at the masses of humanity down through the centuries, they don't do any significant research, and they are steeped in a profound state of stupidity. And this is a self-evident fact. And it's astonishing that the average person, whether Christ or not, will never ponder that for even 10 seconds during the course of their human existence. Because guess what? I would actually classify that as a profound thought. You could contemplate that for 10 seconds during the course of your life. Can they do that? No. They can't even do that. They have a cultic mind that's highly controlled, and they're enslaved. Their minds are enslaved. Um, somebody may be really and truly free in Christ. He may actually be living a life of personal holiness, and his mind is still enslaved because he's a naive fool when it comes all to all the uh, <clears throat> massive amount of uh, you know, fakery and hoaxes and deceptions and hoodwinks that they're hurling at Christians you know, week after week, century after century. And you know how much of this stuff they're picking up on? This is shocking. You know how much? Zero. These are conservative Christians, Johnny. They don't have a clue what's going on. But they're actually striving to serve God. And See, they only have a little knowledge. You see why knowledge is so important? Yeah. Now, you will see these Christians quote this passage. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The same people that quote that scripture are the same people that are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Just because you quote that scripture doesn't mean that you have knowledge. Yeah, not the case. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not some kind of magic talisman that you wave around and make it all better. Knowledge is solely acquired through years of disciplined study. There is no... Now, there is a, there is a way to bypass that. <clears throat> There's one way. The Illuminati can make you an artificial genius through technology. They've got all kinds of different methods. A very crude method. Let's take the most crudest method of all. You could take somebody like George Bush Jr. Who Now, he's an actor, just like all of them, okay? Acting out a scripted role. He has to do whatever he's told by his handlers. He has many, okay? <clears throat> and uh, he has to go out and pretend that he's stupid. And not only that, he had to go out and pretend that he was progressively stupid, because he's not that stupid. Now, why did he Why did he have to do that? Oh, because he was a Christian. See? Now, what they do, they psyop the left and the right into believing that George Bush... This, this is funny. You see, this is what happens if you... This shows you why it's so important to know at least something about conspiracies. Come on, you ignorant fools. Know something. You know. I mean these are these are conservative Christians that go out and vote in Republic and believe they can bring change to America by voting. Those kind of fools. That's a fool. Okay? Dave's not being mean. The Bible would call somebody like that a fool. Because the information is readily available on their laptops that this is a complete farce and hoax. Okay, so what they do, the PSYOP, is to convince 
as many people as possible that George Bush was a conservative Christian. Well, let's ask ourselves the question, did they succeed? Because this is like humorous to us, because you, well, he's Illuminati. They don't know that, you see. Okay, did the Christians believe that? Yes, they did. They believed that he was a Christian, okay? And, you know, you can illustrate by asking yourself the question, did they believe that he was an actor? No, they think he was sincere, okay? So, you know, whether they liked him or not, they actually believed that he was a Christian. Now, you ask yourself the question, did the left, you know, the left wing, did they believe that he was a Christian? Now, it's very important to understand, the Illuminati, <laughs> they actually wanted the left to believe that he was a Christian, too. You ask yourself this question, did they succeed? Yes, they did. Now, this was a little while ago. I mean, you were... You were not too old, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. George Bush is a <laughs> And they're talking about Jeb, Jeb Bush is the front runner now. They're, they're prepping us for another Bush here, by the way. Just yesterday. I saw well, that. yeah, they're getting us ready for another Bush That's and right. another Clinton. It just shows you the absolute arrogant audacity these guys have to roll out these um, complete frauds and then whip people up. And yeah, but people are so stupid, they're not going to realize that it's another years. facade. It's a compl- it's crying and out. And that's if we make it to elections. Fraud. It's fraud. We're telling you it's a fraud. Will you believe it? No, because we control your mind. You see, we control your mind. So we can tell you the truth. We can remind you uh, over and over again that this is fraudulent in many, many ways. You'll still believe what you're told. And unfortunately, they're actually right. The Christians um, have been robotized. They're biological automatons. I say biological automaton. Um, prove that they act differently than a programmed biological automaton. Give me some proof. Is there any significant evidence that they're involved with independent thinking? Because, you know, like Dave says, the Christians are biological automatons. Okay. That sounds like a derogatory statement. Now, let's, let's give some evidence here that they're acting, any significant evidence that they're acting different than a biological automaton, that it's just responding off of programmed, embedded information. Is there any significant evidence? No. The key word is significant. This is this is shocking. You see, we really do live in this cult. You see, you're not supposed to know that you live in the cult. That's the number one doctrine. You don't. The number one doctrine is you don't believe that you live in a cult. The cult is everywhere. It's all around us. All we know is this cult. But you don't believe it. Remember what I said earlier about the big lie? You see, it's too big of a lie that the cult could be everywhere. So, therefore, my brain can't process it. And um, it, it's not true because it's too extreme. So, so, therefore, it's not true because it's too extreme. So, because it's too extreme, it's not true. See the power of the big lie? Notice, you've seen those those. Famous quotes. I think I just saw one actually today because you run into them, you know, where people were talking about. Um, this might have been an FBI director. It was either FBI or C, I think it was CIA. Fantastic quote. Oh, I think it's on fakeologist.com. The, 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 you know, the common mind cannot process the uh, the big lie. It's just, you can't can't do it. So, 
this is the condition that we're in, and um, <clears throat> if you expose it, you can see it. It just needs to be exposed. And uh, what I'm saying is that God has put this in, put us in this state. He likes drama. And uh, you see, what God did is he put the, um, the Israelites in bondage for 400 years because when he took them out of bondage, what that did, it heightened the drama. And you won't hear from any Christians out there saying, God likes drama. Go back to the Bible and ask yourself that question. You know that most of human existence has to do with mediocrity and just tedious everyday blah. And there's a reason for that. That's actually part of a curse, and it's somewhat complex. But we're not going to talk about that. But when you compress history and you look at the, um, <clears throat> you know, the big acts of God, <clears throat> um, you can see that God likes drama, because even with these these big works, they didn't have to happen that way. You can see that they were scripted in such a way. It's almost like to, in an exaggerated way, it's like God is saying, "Look at this. Look at my power." You see, because what he's doing, he's glorifying himself in an obvious way. But most people can't process that because they don't know the creator. So they go, oh, that never happened. You can't prove it. And they got a point, you know, because there is no way to actually prove these things, especially to somebody else. The reason we believe them ultimately is not the Bible itself. That's what Christians would say but because we have a relationship with the Creator, and He reveals them to us on an individual basis. Now, He may use any means. Normally, He'll use the Bible. You know what I mean? So, anyway, I could go off in different directions. We should probably wrap this up, huh? All right. And, you know, when I got on here with you, I had no intention of doing a podcast, so that's why we pushed the record button, Johnny. Oh, I think that was a good idea. Uh, you want to check out or what? <clears throat> uh, well, did I answer your, your question about uh, the thirteen? Your phone? <laughs> oh, the thirteen. Well, well I mean, all that stuff. Plan again. He, 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 whenever you have people like him, there's going to be at least some of the time where he's putting out propaganda and he knows it. Um, there's other times. Um, because he has uh, embedded programming, okay? He doesn't even know it himself. I'll take an example. He put out um, a fantastic book. You know, life is complex. So, yeah, he's in on the game, but putting out good stuff. Called Pyramid Power in the late 1960s. And in that yeah. book, he um, talked about the uh, circumference of the earth was encoded into the great pyramid. Now, I'm not going to push the envelope on this one, because we've been talking in the background. We're, we're trying to figure this out, because there's a theory out there. This could be true, okay? Because the builders of the Great Pyramid were elitists that had a tremendous amount of knowledge, and I would actually say that they actually knew the circumference of the Earth. So if they knew the circumference of the earth, why would they put a false measurement 
they actually, are we trying to say that there's propaganda encoded into the Great Pyramid? Now, that is a pretty far out conspiracy theory. I'll be, I'll, I'll say that. I'm actually telling you, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, this is a data point, you know, just, just to illustrate, you know, <clears throat> this could be propaganda. He could know it's propaganda. I, I don't know. You know, what I'm trying to show is that, you know, you know something? Things are complicated, man. You start thinking about this stuff, you're going, whoa, this is all complicated. Yeah, because Flanagan, <clears throat> you know, he created this censor. I'm glad I'm bringing this up because I actually have a conspiracy theory that um, somebody behind him told him to yank it. And here's the conspiracy theory. Ask yourself this question. Now, you were a young whippersnapper in 2001. <clears throat> But mm-hmm. at that time, after that event, it had an impact on human consciousness. We're not scared of that word around here, okay? It just means awareness, okay? Because of what a context you're using it. But yeah, it's a new age trigger word for Christians, okay? But yeah, a Christians had a greater uh, level of awareness, and they started thinking about things from a different perspective they didn't think about before. And a lot of them went back to church, and actually for selfish reasons. And then later they drifted away. Now, this is basic human nature. This is what happens. They're looking for security, and they're looking to God, okay? Because they didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because they go, what's going on here? You know, why did God allow this? Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> now, um, it wasn't just Christians whose awareness was, extended or altered at the time, it was, and it impacted a lot of people, okay? I'm just saying there's evidence that it impacted people, and Christians going to church, going back to church is a good example of that. I have a conspiracy theory. What happened is he stopped producing the censor after that time. The censor is a medallion. It's the one that I wear the most, and it's actually the one I value the most. The reason is because I can wear it all the time. It's not copper-based. It was designed for energy-sensitive people. Once you get healthy enough, you become sensitive to energy, and you can't wear copper anymore because you can't sleep with it. You can sleep, you know, maybe four or five, six hours, but um, you may not have a problem with it one night, but it'll wake you up because the energy is too vibrant because it's solar energy. <clears throat> so anyway, you know, because like silver is like a more subtle gentle energy, you know. And it's mostly just copper you're worried about, too, because gold is not really like that, even though I would classify gold. Gold is more of a subtle solar energy. But anyway, um, my conspiracy theory is that, because um, this happened with both Fred Bell and Flanagan, and I have I have another little object. It's a, it's a little circular thing that Fred Bell wrote. Now, this is, this is, this is the, uh, kind of the, uh, the frame, he's, he's passed away about today, Fred Bell, supposedly, um, you know, because they fake their deaths, so, you know, you know for sure. But um, but um, this is actually, like, um foundation for these $10,000 medallions. And they could, they were, like, you could buy one for, like, $200, depending on what kind of metal it was made out of and the degree, quality of the metal. And... Uh, the Hollywood movie stars, obviously, were the really expensive ones. But um, the uh, foundation for the whole thing was this, this little disc, and then it had little pyramid shapes on it. 
you look at that and you go, this is not going to do anything. It had a little circular pattern on the on the bottom. And uh, this is a very powerful device. And uh, it, it, it concentrates cosmic energies. And if you're sensitive to energy, you cannot wear it on your body. I don't even put it on my body at all. But anyway, um, that device went on a circulation right after 9-11. And Flanagan's sensor went on a circulation right after 9-11. And I believe that that happened for a reason. I believe that they yanked both those devices because people were becoming more aware. Uh, 9-11 kind of jump-started people. If you look back in 1993, I've I've talked about before how the Illuminati started pushing this alien agenda. You can actually see it. It has to do with the number 93, which is the reverse of the 39 and all this good stuff. I've gone into detail before to some degree. That's when the Mm X-Files episode came out. And um, there was a huge psyop back then, you know, with the um, Y2K thing. Yeah, because that was like uh, it was supposed to be like letting the air out of the balloon. And like, oh, you see, there was nothing to all that, you know. It just see, everybody just relaxes now. They let you relax for about a year, and then they hit you with a big one. You see that? Because you got to understand, there was tremendous, tremendous expectation, fear mongering, Bible, Amsterdamus, mm-hmm. New Age channeling. On and on and on. I mean, I've got books. I've got a book called 1999. That's the name of the book, you know. And that something's going to happen at the end of the day. You know, it's just natural. Of course, Illuminati's pushing that. Now, prophecy is a form of propaganda for them. They're going to use that social engineering. So they milked that big time. So that was all manufactured. See, it wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence. Stop and ask yourself this question. Do you think it was a coincidence that Y2K actually happened at the millennium. I said, well, Dave, it had to be the changeover, you know. But it was manufactured. And it, it, it did have um, some significance. Not anywhere near what they were saying, people like Alex Jones. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, <clears throat> they sigh up just big time on that. They maximize the end of the millennium. They let they everybody relax. Now, what happens, what sets in is apathy. See? Then they hit you with a big one when you're unexpected. Can you see all that? It was all deliberate. Okay? Now, the other thing is, beyond 2011, or one, it actually expands its human awareness. People were thinking about the world in a totally different perspective. And basically, in a nutshell, my theory is that that's why they yanked these two devices and actually have both of them. That's my theory. You know something? They didn't want. They didn't want to make those available. And so now you can't even get them unless they're like Illuminati. up for sale on eBay. Yeah, they're very, very. Uh, you can see that. Uh, look, put Flanagan sensor, and I've got two of them. I've got an old copper one, the Superior, because the the one I normally wear is made out of pewter, like I said, and um, those things are sky high. But yeah, you can buy them. And I, I, one of them I bought was an old one, an old, the old copper one. It's it's beautiful. Uh, actually, well, they say it's copper, but it looks like it's made out of brass. They say it's copper. So it doesn't look like copper. 
very dark. It's not a shiny copper, you know. But then again, um, when it gets old, it um, it starts to get the little green stuff on it, you know, and you got to clean it with baking soda or something, vinegar. So you, you can. Oh yeah. I'm not sure if um, the brass does that or, or bronze. So you can't shower with them, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if bronze does that. Maybe it does. Anyway, anything else? Do you do you shower with it? Oh, oh yeah. The way that you cleanse any device, the most simple way, is just put it it it, it uh, uh, on the on the you know in the tub on in the shower. Let the let the shower actually hit it directly. Now the reason this works is because there's secrets about everything all around us: the soil, the air, the water, the life forces, and all of these things. And it's absolutely amazing. You can have um, highly toxic water, but believe it or not, it has, still has a significant amount of the life force, even though it, would, it should be classified as quote-unquote dead water. And it, it, is, it is dead water. Now, um, <clears throat> this is not a joke, but I kind of make fun around this podcast I have talking about... Um, how you can become an, how you can know whether you're not in the light being, you know what I mean? Because um, there's a huge difference between um, living water and dead water. Now, the Bible talks about living water. People would be skeptical about that. Produce these passages, Dave. And if you look online, you'll see information that the um, apostles had traditions in the Hebrews they had their these different ceremonial washings that they were only valid if they were um <clears throat> in living water it was just like everybody knew this you know what i mean it was just like common sense i mean we like baptizing a river that's living water you know uh water that's just sitting there or water out of a tap it has to do because the um it comes from a straight um pipe that's all by design all i have to do is put one little uh twist in it and guess what It'll become living water. Just one twist. They know that. Now you can buy, um, you know, water faucets that actually have a, a twist in them. Mm, I didn't know that. That's cool. You ever seen those before? No. It only needs to go in a loop one time, and you'll have living water. So anyway, what you do to create living water is you take water. And you put it in a glass jar, preferably with a top screw on top. You simply shake it vigorously, uh, let's say for one minute, and guess what? You've got living water. This is true. So, if you can become convinced of that, why would you not do that for the rest of your life? Exactly. What I'm saying is that if you can't do that, you're not an enlightened being. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a joke. But it really is true. It's such a simple thing. And so I do that every single time because I have a water crock. Now I've got all kinds of stuff in the water crock. Now, in fact, that little device, uh, that circular device, which has gold plating on it, the little pyramids on it that I talked about from Fred Bell, that sits in the center of the uh, water crock, and it creates a spiral vortex. Of course, all vortexes are spiral. And it has a little, well, not too small. It has a uh, 
a crystal, uh, well, an orb, or uh, what do you, what's the other word for it, sitting on top of it to accentuate that. Then I got a big crystal pyramid in there. I got stones of every color. Now you can also see what you can do if you don't know about shaking water. See, most people don't know this. So they try to sell you these expensive wands to stir the water. And these work very well, but they're expensive. There's different types of them. But you can just take a wooden stick and stir the water. To see, stirring the water, you want to go in a clockwise you know, direction. Stirring the water, it, it doesn't even compare to shaking it. I found a great PDF file out there that actually proves from like a you know, skeptical, scientific, non-alternative level. So they're actually trying to say, I mean, they're aware that it changes the water, and they're trying to explain how it works scientifically. They don't really get it. The reason is because they don't understand the ethers. Okay? Because the ethers have been excised from modern science for a diabolical purpose, because that was still an important element of 19th century science, just as it was through all previous centuries, even in the Western world. Are you still alive, Johnny? Yeah, I'm right here. Oh, I thought... <laughs> uh, Chris McCombs listened to the podcast. He actually has um, the password. Okay. And so if I post it in Facebook like I did, he'll go right in there and, and uh, access the podcast. And he contacted me and he said, uh, Johnny fell asleep last night, and he said, LOL. <laughs> did you know that you fell asleep right at the end? It was uh, just like slightly, I think. Real yeah. Quick. And um, sometimes what happens if people haven't slept for very long, or you're kind of just nodding out, you know. Um, what I'll do, I'll kind of yell into the phone. And people that are used to our podcast, they're actually they've heard this kind of thing before. And the person will wake up. But sometimes you have to yell like three or four times, and that's I think I did it the third time when you and you woke up. I've done this to Hector a number of times. It's kind of like a tradition. I don't know if you know who Hector is, but. We'll hear him on there eventually. Yeah. I think it's about to be 3 a.m. here. Okay, so um, we need to stay on focus with the cloud behind the moon. What I'm going to do, I'm going to guarantee you 100%. I want everybody to hear this. Um, I did a podcast. Dang it, this podcast is still not up because it needs a lot of editing. Actually, because the reason is because I talked over David, and I'm kind of embarrassed about it. You'll hear me do that. A lot of times it's because it's hard to hear, but... He theorizes that um, it was as bad as it was um, because there was a lag, because he's calling in on Skype from England, because he was kind of puzzled by it, too. So it makes me look bad, like I'm just ignoring him. And uh, this is when I first broke the story about the um, the cloud behind the moon. I wasn't staying on the subject. I was drifting all over and talking about uh, how Christians are kind of clueless about stuff in the Bible. <laughs> Uh, so that's why I created that 33-minute uh, podcast, <clears throat> just kind of concise that anybody can, can listen to. But um, and yeah, so he saw it, and then uh, he he created. Well, I did a little podcast with him, and he also made a, little, a, a mini podcast, which I could put up um, that he sent me, talking about how he saw it. 
But I'm going to do this so everyone can hear. I'm going to guarantee 100%. I'm not going to say when. That you're going to see a cloud behind the moon. And I'm going to back it up. <laughs> now, this may not happen if you... Strange things happen to people that get around us. Cause they, basically, they get attacked. And you're going to... Everybody goes, it's not going to happen to me. I'm strong. <laughs> I've seen one fall after another. The number one technique is people get distracted and lose interest. I don't think that's going to happen with you, so we'll see. I, I don't believe any of that's going to happen, so I think I think that you'll see one relatively soon. Now, right now, um, I think there's about a half moon out. I just looked at um, uh, the weather underground. That's a good place to go to see the, the moon phase. So you've okay. got about a half moon out right there right now. It's a good time. Johnny, go out and, and look for it. It's not that hard to see. It'll blow your mind. And then you can tell other people, just give us the credit, okay? You know, okay. I've been on top of this thing for years. Um, if this works out right, it could make me a relative public figure, let's just say that, you know, <clears throat> as long as I get the credit. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not really going out there. I'm not contacting, like, major radio shows, but, hey, here's my discovery can I get on your show? I'm not. I'm not doing. It. I'm not promoting myself. You know what I mean? I'm. You know why? Yeah. I'll do it because I. I'm a predestinarian, okay, and uh, that influences my beliefs. I don't try to make things happen. So I believe that God is in control, and whatever happens is what's going to happen. And uh, most Christians don't believe that, but I believe the flat they're wrong. And uh, it, anyway, what's important is that it's impossible to prove that your will is entirely free. Because no one has an uh, infallible knowledge of what's called prevenient causes. It depends on that. Uh, no one has that kind of knowledge. You know, um, it's an absurd notion as far as provability. Even if it is true, you can't you can't prove it. So, okay, man. I guess I'll leave you with that. <clears throat> so right. I asked you to come on again, and you did. And uh, we can go on and on, crank out one podcast after another, just you and me. All right, that sounds cool. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. My Wi-Fi signal just dropped out, so I'm going to have problems maybe closing this down right away. So Now it's coming back. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll let you go, Johnny. Thanks for stopping by, all right? All right, no problem. Good night. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.